Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, and I'm here with my friend Sarah Powers, as always. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. So we're so excited about the shows that we've had so far. We're getting a great response, and I just wanted to make sure that you know um, if you're listening to this you know, down the road or um, if you're listening to it right the day it comes out, which I hope you are waiting breathlessly for new episodes, you can find all the episodes at themomhour.com. And there's the network site, which is lifelistened.com, where you'll also find episodes of The Home Hour, uh, The Style Hour, and The Right at Home Moms, both good things to check out. Definitely. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay heeled sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June, and Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive in June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. So today we're talking about what does a healthy media diet look like for moms. Um, And so we're going to be talking a lot about 
using social media, since that's a big portion of media, but also other forms of media, what we're reading um, online and offline, and and um, how we can kind of keep that in balance. I think most moms can relate to a feeling of spending a little too much time on the Facebook or yeah. staring at the phone. What? Um, and me? You, <laughs> not me. Um, and so, Megan, I think, well, let me just throw this at you. You've explained how that makes you feel when you get into kind of one of those cycles, and I think you explain it really well. Um, just kind of how, how, what it's like when you're in that cycle of a little too much on the Facebook, too much on the internet. You've described it almost as an anxiety, right? Yeah. It's, for me, it starts to feel like, well, first there's a zone out nature of it. So for a while it feels kind of relaxing, but then it almost, it's that diminishing returns, right? So Mm -hmm. at some point you feel like you should be doing something and you're not, and you're active, but you're not really accomplishing anything. So for me, Mm -hmm. it, it turns into this anxiety and I, it's really difficult for me to pull myself out of it because I'm still sitting there. It's like an active inactiveness, an activity. Mm -hmm. So you're just sort of passively absorbing what's going on. You're not really getting anything done that's meaningful to you, but it's hard to pull yourself away because Mm -hmm. you're clicking and reading and absorbing and and all this stuff. So I find, you know, I love the internet. I like Facebook. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook, I guess I could say. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I really enjoy social media and have... Mm -hmm. I do too. And have since I got online, you know, 18 years ago, back then it was forums and chat mm-hmm. rooms. Same difference though, right? It was mm-hmm. all about connecting with other people, which I love to do mm-hmm. in this sort of medium. But um, you ha- there's a there's a breaking point and mm-hmm. sometimes you don't always know you're there till you've fallen over right. the other side. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about is um, ways to cut back or go cold turkey. You and I have both kind of done a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll start kind of talking about that. A few strategies for like just getting out of that uh, cycle of too much. Um, and then um, after that, I thought we'd talk about I've been really making an effort in the last few months, probably since the new year, um, to kind of introduce new and better forms of media into yeah. my media quote unquote diet. I've been yes. reading a little bit more offline. Um, I started getting the newspaper again randomly once a week. Just a few different things that um, just like any sort of we're using the diet analogy, um, putting the good stuff in and not just focusing on cutting maybe the the less positive stuff out. Right. So uh, so that's kind of how I'd like to structure today is we'll talk about some ways because I think everybody can use a reminder. You just know when you need to cut back a little bit. Um, and then after that, we'll move on to maybe some uh, ways to kind of change up the media um, in your life. And I have to say before we get started that I just finished listening to you and Karen Walrand talk about curating a life you love, which was the most recent home hour episode. And I, um, I was loving and thinking about how these two, um, topics are really related because what we're really talking about is curating the type of media that we're taking in, especially as moms, especially as moms with really young kids, when that may be some of your only, like conversations and connection with the outside world. But um, for those who aren't listening to the home hour, definitely go listen to that one. And we'll link to it in the show notes because um, it's a lot of the same themes of what are we choosing where to spend our time and our energy on things that are like feeding us good things. So this is really almost just like a media subset of that discussion, which was awesome. I loved it. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah, it was a great, great conversation. So, um, so let's kind of start with the basics, which is you and I, I think both have tried different things to uh, <laughs> lighten up on the Facebook addition, addiction or to stop the Pavlovian looking at your phone every <laughs> five seconds. So, yeah. um, okay, so this is kind of funny. One of the things everybody says is to disable notifications, um, which is smart. Uh, if you are an iPhone user, um, you can go into your settings and with each individual app, you can tell it not to ping you or beep you or even pop up. Um, and you did that recently, didn't you, Megan? Or have you done that? Yeah, I did. You know, I realized that like almost every single thing I did on my phone made some kind of sound. Right. Um, And when I would get on my phone, there'd be 8 million little banners and things beeping at me and stuff. So um, I disabled all of my sound notifications, except I think one, I still get a sound like a buzz when I think when something happens on Twitter, only because I don't, because Twitter activity has gotten so low for me. Right. I'll literally forget to check in otherwise. Um, so it didn't bother me that it was like that. Right. Um, Facebook, I don't, I never downloaded the messenger app. You yeah, know, I remember that either. was a big yes. deal six yeah. months ago or whatever. Yeah. I decided if I desperately need to check my Facebook messages and I'm not near my computer, I can go through my browser. Yeah. You can go on Safari. It just adds like, 
you know, a couple extra steps and it's yeah. not fast, but I don't care because I don't want to be on my phone all day right. checking my Facebook messages. So um, it made a huge difference. I, I mean, I, even my texts now, I do because I don't get that many texts and often they're from my kids. Um, mm-hmm. It'll make like a little buzz, but then it it's not something that just, it's not like a bleep or a ping right. and I don't get yeah. that many. And it also doesn't go to my screw, my lock screen. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels better to me. I like, agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I actually was kind of like that from the early iPhone days. I didn't want, and it drove me crazy that you'd hear a sound when an email came in. Cause yes. like to me, and this is like several years ago, maybe six years ago when I got an iPhone for the first time that like I, checking my email, like I wanted it to be an active, not a passive thing. Like it's one thing for a text or something, which technically bears a little more urgency. But, um, so I, I feel like I've been pretty clean with notifications from the beginning. I've never really liked them. Um, but the kind of the other half of that, and I think you and I have both tried that is removing the Facebook app from your phone. Have you done that altogether? Or I don't have the regular. Just oh, the regular. I don't have the app at all. Yeah, I don't have the oh, you, app either. So you don't have the Facebook app at all on your nope. phone. Okay. Nope. So that was like a big time suck that for was me. For, that was like. the, the first step for me was removing that app and okay. then not downloading the Messenger app. Okay. Yeah, I never – I don't use Facebook Messenger that much. But scrolling through the Facebook feed mindlessly was for sure something I was guilty yeah. of. So I will like every six months I'll take the app away from my phone. And then you know what I do? This is horrible. I just look at it on Safari. <laughs> Like, I it do too, but lasts, I know it always lasts like a good like month or six weeks, and then they'll have some reason that I feel like I want to check. Um, and the other thing I should say for people who don't your, know your lifestyle and my lifestyle is the, the big difference between you and me is I'm on I sit at a computer I think a lot less than you do these yeah, days because yes. you're full time work from home and your kids are in school full time. So during school hours, you at least potentially have computer access. And I have young kids at home. So my phone really does allow me to, you know, keep up on things and work a little bit. And I really only sit down at my computer for about an hour and a half a day. So that's maybe a difference too, is why my, the phone was like a bigger need for me to break away. But I know, and you're also indicative of addiction that I also moving the phone, I mean, moving the app and then look at it on the browser. You're also sort of in a different I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, and I know you're not a lot, but you're no, also but younger as years. a parent in, in mom, mom years. years. I'm, I'm definitely younger than you. And I yeah. feel like the mobile thing is much more of a your generation of parent mm-hmm. thing than mine. I mean, first of all, I I hate interact. I hate typing on my on my phone. Yeah. So I will go. I will jump through a lot of hoops to not have to do that. If yeah. I could, you know, shrink my computer down and carry it around in my pocket, and then at the touch of a button, have it pop open and be like a real full size keyboard and I'm not talking one of those ones that they say they're full size right. and they're not right for real um, yeah that would be probably dangerous for me mm-hmm. but I'm not really for me on going on my phone is truly mindless because I'm probably not going to interact in any meaningful way so right you know you've probably experienced this Sarah we've been working together for a long time now well I'm sure you have I probably haven't pointed out all the times it's happened but you can probably tell when you've sent me an email and I've checked it like late at night mm-hmm. or early in the morning before I got out of bed and then I think I responded to you and I did yeah. because I yeah. meant you know, I meant to, but I thought, right. ugh, I'll wait till I'm at my right. keyboard right. and do it then. So there's that. There is a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I, you know, you mentioned still checking on Safari. I do that too, but I do have to say, I do think that there's a difference not having that app. It, yep. To me, it makes a difference. It does. Even if it's just one more step I have to go through. Yep. I agree. And that's why, it, that's why it does work for me too. I right. just, sometimes when I get in that cycle, again, it's a little bit of like the downward spiral cycle, mm-hmm. then you can still find me a little oh, mindlessly. Um, so, <laughs> so I have another couple quick tips on the phone. If phone, uh, like smartphone usage is an issue. And, um, one of them you hear a lot, which is just put it far away. I have a little docking charger that's just slightly out of reach, um, in my kitchen. Cause it's behind well, there's a little desk nook in my kitchen. I have a monitor there for the computer and this is sort of behind it. So you have to like physically reach for the phone. Right. Um, and that really does. And people will say like, you know, in your car to put it completely out of reach. And I think that it's very simple, but I think that is actually effective. If you've identified that you're just kind of glancing mindlessly at the phone too much to put it out of reach. And then part two of that um, is that I went through and gave different people in my life, different text tones or groups of people. So like there's what it sounds one way when my husband texts me, it sounds another way if it's my family. And what it does is it just gives me if my phone is out of reach, and I hear that it's like, like, we have a huge like posse of neighborhood friends. And if it's the neighbors at a certain time, I know that probably all it says is, you know, they're going to be out front playing with the kids if we want to join if it's like, 
a different tone, I might think, oh, I should probably look at that because I was waiting for an answer from them on something. So it just is like a little bit of, and often it will keep me from going to look. I'll actually ignore it because I know that it's not important in that moment because of the sound. So that was something I think is, was a, like a proactive thing I did that has really helped. Those are really good tips. I have a couple of things um, that are a little more um, scorched earth that I'll share. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Drop your so, phone in the toilet? Well, I mean, I've done that too on accident, but no, and break it a million times. No, those those never last. Um, you just buy a new one. But there's a couple of things I've done. First of all, I don't use Pinterest anymore. Um, giving up Pinterest was a weird thing for me. And I felt like I should be on it because bloggers were all told Uh at that point when it got popular that we had to be on it. So I still am on it. I mean, I still have an account, but I couldn't tell you the last time I got on my, on Pinterest on my phone. And when I get on it on my computer, it's when I have a very specific purpose. Like I'm going there to search like you know, for something really, really specific, like right. a recipe. I use it right. kind of the way I would That's use, kind of, yes. you know, yeah, rec- I, I myrecipes.com. Mm-hmm. And then I'm out. I don't scroll. And I noticed for a while, it was, again, the law of diminishing returns. I was scrolling. It's not my pla- It's not my medium. It's not my platform. It's not something that speaks to me a whole lot. So I'd get on it and I'd feel like I was spending the whole time trying to make sense of it and not really enjoying myself. And I'd start to see the same pictures over and over and that would annoy me, but I couldn't, I didn't care enough to take the time to tailor, I guess, Mm -hmm. to curate the experience Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. myself. So it just never got any better. And one day I thought, why am I doing this? Why Mm -hmm. am I trying to force myself to use this platform? I don't really care about. Um, Whereas for like me, Instagram, I know you're into Instagram too. Yeah, I love Instagram. It's just, I just like it. It Mm -hmm. never feels like high pressure to me. I don't feel like I have to be looking for anything specific. I'm just there to look at people's pictures. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It just feels very pure. I just know yeah. exactly what I'm there for. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, your miles will vary with that. I mean, some people love other platforms. You right. Know, that. Well, I think, and, and I think the point there is then to pay attention to what, what are you getting real true enjoyment out of and right. what has become like just part of the mindlessness or like you said, maybe motivated by feeling like you should be on there right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. That's great. That's great. And then with Twitter, what Twitter used to be my social network of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got online or not, I got online, but when social media started to become a bigger thing than just blogs and it was mm-hmm. the different platforms, I was on MySpace for a hot minute. Um, <laughs> people posted way too many glittery, glittery pictures of fairies. And I mean, that was weird. Anyway, then Facebook and Twitter, I feel like I got on those platforms at around the same time. And I ignored Facebook for a long time. I just didn't, it didn't, speak to me. I didn't really feel like I understood it. The visual plus text uh-huh. wasn't my thing. I liked speaking in like little pithy statements. I thought Twitter right. was so fun. Right. And it was when Twitter was really just exploding. And so this was 2007, 2008. Okay. Um, it was just starting to explode. And I was on there and having such a good time and making like real friendships with people mm-hmm. and professional relationships. I still have mm-hmm. to this day. I mean, I really mm-hmm. do credit a mm-hmm. lot of my blog's growth with Twitter early mm-hmm. in the early years. But at some point, you know, things get oversaturated. Yes. And I realized that I had at some point somehow managed to follow 5,000 people, more <laughs> than 5,000 people. It was a ridiculous amount, a number. And it was because at first I just followed everybody because right. I thought, oh, it'd be kind of rude not to follow this person. And that back. became strategy. I that, mean, the, yeah. then later there became a strategy part of that following back. And... Right, right. It, well, at first it was like, I don't think I'm better than this person. So I'll just follow them because they followed me. So why not? And then I re- by the time I realized it was totally overwhelming and I couldn't keep up with it anymore, um, I knew that there were people who were following me who I legitimately wanted to follow back that I couldn't even find them because there was so much noise. It was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, um, and it wasn't fun for me and I wanted Twitter to be fun for me again. So I went, I don't know, maybe in January or something and I, um, literally unfollowed every single person that I follow on Twitter. I did a clean sweep and I, oh, nice. oh my gosh, I have to remember the name of the. Yeah. You, d- you used an app or something I like used a, it, like a, I used a website Okay, and you can sign up for a, um, like for Is a it, non. It's not unroll me, right? No, that's a no, different no. one. That's like a, that's for email. That's an unsubscribe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, if you just actually, if you just like search though, if do a little search for like clean out Twitter followers or something, right. unfollow everyone on Twitter, it came up pretty high, and I had to sign up for a, a temporary membership because it's technically a premium service, but I got like a fifteen day trial okay. membership, um, and it did look like a cool service. If I had more of a need for that right now, I might have you know actually gotten the paid version, but I did it. I completely wiped everybody out. I posted, hey, 
please don't take offense. I just have no idea who I'm following anymore. It's getting too right. noisy in here. If right. you interact with me, I will follow you back. Right. Well, Twitter's vastly changed in the last mm-hmm. few years. So mm-hmm. not that many people saw my post and interacted back because, you know, my theory is most people on Twitter aren't actually there anymore. Right. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of bot accounts and spam yep. and crap I don't want to see. So slowly I've added back about 250 people who I knew that I really wanted mm-hmm. to follow. And that's about perfect for right now. Yeah. When I get on, I see things from earlier today. It's not like it's updated yeah. at a rate of, you right. know, 10 posts per half second or whatever. And it just feels like I don't, I still don't use it a ton, but when I do go in there, if I feel like having a conversation, mm-hmm. I can have a real conversation. Yeah. Oh, and I have, I have one more th- that I use. I completely forgot till this moment. Um, I was having a real problem with Facebook. <laughs> Facebook and I have a, had to break up for a while. Well, I, you know, like I said, with the anxiety, but I also yeah. would find myself getting in the cycle where I'd start getting mad about stuff, like mm-hmm. stupid stuff and getting mm-hmm. embroiled in really dumb, mm-hmm. like really dumb debates that I just don't have time for. So um, I put a blocker on my browser. Yes. I was going to, I had a note to ask you about that because I remember you talking about that. So, so this I'm one is, mentioned a, it. it's a Chrome extension and I'm going to okay. look up the name right now. Um, oh, I can never remember how to use Chrome. Okay. It's just called block site. Okay. It's a Chrome extension and you can download it. And it's so funny because this, it's obviously not, it was not made by someone who, for whom English is their first language. So <laughs> I would try to get in forgetting that it was enabled and this little guy, he looked like a, <laughs> like a plumber or something would pop up on the screen and it would say something like, I have told you not to be accessing this site. And every time it would, you have tried to check the Facebook 16 times and it would get, you know, it would just, it would start to threaten so. me and kind of mock me and make fun of me. So that became kind of funny. Um, and then I know, you know, for work, I have to use Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I went in another browser that I don't use very often, mm-hmm. which for me is Safari and I set it up so that as soon as I try to go to Facebook, it automatically forwards me to um, the Happiest Home face, uh, Facebook yes. page. I have a bookmark for that, too. And I do try when I am doing using Facebook for work. I'll just go directly there. Yeah. Um, and often it works. Like, I do what I need to do and get out of there. Well, because otherwise it's like I would go to Facebook totally meaning to do work. Right. And yeah. then I would oh, just yeah. get sucked in. And, I, you know, I didn't even really know how it happened. And I just see sitting there an hour later, like, what, you know? So anyway, I guess those are, some of those strategies sound a little bit pathetic, right? No, I think, (laughs) but I think, um, I mean, maybe, no, I don't think so. I think that there are all little things that, um, really do help. And maybe, maybe even backing up to how you kind of know that you need help. You know what I mean? Like, I think you said it best when it feels like you just feel like, um, depleted almost like yes. after whether it's five minutes or two hours rather than, wow, I got some really good ideas. And, you know, I read an inspiring article. You usually feel like something's been taken out of you rather than added to you. Right. So I mean, you feel, true. and then there's some guilt that goes along with what you could have done with that two hours or what your kids were doing while you were mindlessly staring at your phone. Exactly. And I know for me, there's a, there's a definite correlation is if I'm already feeling like a little bit crappy, I, for sure tend to do it more, which of course is like any addictive behavior. Right. <laughs> like you, when, that's when, when you need it the least is when you seek it out the most. Like if I'm just really tired or if it's the end of the week mm. or I just don't like even want to engage with my real life is when you slip down that hole. So I think just identifying that and there's been a lot, like you see, you see people who say they go on a, you know, social media, like cold turkey sign off. And that's never really been my style. I kind of just would prefer to keep tabs on how it's making me feel. And when I need to scale back, um, to do that, you know, I, you you and I both did it over the holidays too. It's like, it's in those times when you realize like, um, that this could get to an unhealthy place. And so sort of like doing that intervention on yourself. Oh, and I have one last thought on that from the intervention perspective is sometimes I tell my husband or even my kids that I'm, you know, I feel like I've been looking at my phone a little bit too much lately and I'm really trying to be better about it. First of all, I think that it's nice when your kids see that you're trying to, you know, do oh, something sure. better in your yes. life, but also then they'll call you out on it. Remember you, you told the story about your kids calling you out about yes. gossip. Like they'll, if they know that you're trying to do better, they'll, they'll call you out. And my husband too, will just sort of gently be like, you know, hello. Yeah, exactly. Hey. <laughs> so, um, it's not a bad thing to just say, you know, Hey, I, I have a goal that I'm going to not be looking at my phone as much this week. So you guys can call me out if I'm doing it. I think that that really helps too. 
Um, yeah, that's a really good point. And uh, a couple of things that popped up while you were talking. One is, and I know we're going to talk about replacing, um, mm-hmm. or not replacing, creating a better media diet in a yes. little bit. So I don't want to touch on that too much yet. But I do want to say that, for example, over the holiday, it's not hard for me to walk away from my phone because my life is so full of other rewarding stuff. Right, right. So I think sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not like dieting where you're taking something away. It's like adding in vegetables. You know, it's right. like right. it's adding in the good stuff. And we'll talk yeah. about that more with, yeah. with media, but it, that can also be taking a walk. And I've started to leave my phone at home. You know, it used to be I'd want to go for a walk and then it'd be this big like to do because I'd have to find my wireless headphones and I'm like, well, what, you know, am I going to wear something with a pocket so I can put my phone <laughs> in the pocket or, you know, am I going to strap it onto my arm with one of those sweaty arm thingies, which I, which never feels good. And it's useful for like running or whatever. But, um, I thought, no, I could just actually just go for a walk and just look at the scenery. How about, right. how would I do that? Um, things like that, or just, you know, removing myself from the situation and doing something, whether it's active or with my hands or something that just doesn't involve that. And right. I think for those of us who work even if it's just a little bit on the computer um, or, you know, not as a writer necessarily, but if we're sitting at a desk and there's a computer there, it's just so tempting. And sometimes if you have the luxury of getting up and walking away, Mm -hmm. don't feel bad about that. Like you're not getting your work done. I look at it as a mental reboot. Like I am doing what I have to do to get my brain in a place where I can be productive because there's no point staring at a computer pretending to work like, you know, clicking away from the Facebook anytime right. one of your coworkers walks by or whatever. I mean, right. it's, right. I'm sure no, that's something. Totally. And you're always more productive when you sit back down, right? I mean, exactly. so, so exactly. then what was two hours of marginal work, then you come away and come back to 30 minutes of actual, you know, get it done. Yes. Yes. Totally. Absolutely. Um, awesome. No, yeah. I think those are all, I think those are all pretty um, legit tips if I do say so. Almost oh. makes me want to try a few of them again. <laughs> My biggest downfall, then we'll move on, is the camera because I love to take pictures. Oh, I love yeah. Instagram. And that really is something that adds that adds to my experience. It's a creative outlet for me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing any personal blogging at a regular t- like level right now. So it really is that kind of micro blog. And I love the combination of pictures and words, you know, so that yeah. it's like, that is truly, I would say I would keep that if I'm curating, but to my camera is my phone. So when you reach, you know, when I reach for it to take a picture or to quickly share a picture with some words, it's just then how do you then put it back down rather than also checking your email, also going here, right. checking back five minutes later to see who liked your picture. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's always, that's a struggle for me. And I have a, I have a big, cam- you know, a regular camera, but the truth is for most of us that our cameras that's are in not, our pockets, yeah, you know, exactly. so that's only out at certain times. So that's always been sort of like a tricky spot for me is because that where to, where to keep that sort of creative part that's a positive without like just then my phone is always in my hand or always in my pocket. You know, the way I do that, and that's not, you know that I'm not a natural photographer, so that's not such something that I struggle with as much, but I did notice myself kind of falling into that. Um, Mostly when we were having what felt like a novel experience or when my kids were doing something particularly Mm -hmm. cute and I think, oh, I want to document this. And so I've become a big fan of the later gram. I will will Mm -hmm. take my phone out, take a flurry of pictures. I don't even, I mean, half the time if you're outside, you can't see them anyway. It's so bright. So I just like snap a whole bunch of pictures Put the phone back in my pocket, yep. finish our walk or our trip to the beach or whatever it is we're doing, go yep. home. And then that's when I take a look at the pictures and decide what I'm going to send. And, and yep. it just, it's, it's dumb because you're just putting it off, but it actually helps because it, no, I agree. during a great... special moment, I'm not yes. absorbed in my phone. And you're right. When you're outside, actually, I just, I'm just thinking about like the beach and stuff that you do that anyway, because you can't see and you don't want right. to like drop your phone in the ocean. <laughs> but you're right. right. <laughs> just in general, that that is totally, yeah. That, yeah. That's, and, and most people aren't going to know if it's a true Insta or right. later. Yeah. Or later. Who cares anyway? We, yeah, who cares? We get to decide yeah. how we use this stuff. So. Totally. Totally. Yeah. All right. So um, let's move on to kind of talking about other, other forms of media or if we're cutting back on mindless social media, what, or what can we replace that with? So this is something I've actually been really intentional about since January. I never make New Year's resolutions, and I wouldn't call this a New Year's resolution, but more of like, okay, New Year, I'm ready to like, intro- I wanted to reintroduce some different forms of reading and news and media because I just felt like I'm coming out of like baby new mom stage. My youngest is two, not having any more. So I no longer need to be like, 
sitting on the couch nursing all the time or like waiting for a baby to wake up from yeah. a nap all the time. I'm still, I mean, I'm still there a little bit, but I'm, I can see the light and you, you know, this is something you've written and talked a ton about and I've gotten actually a lot of inspiration from you. So that's like part of moving beyond baby, if you will, um, for me was bringing back different things to read and think about that don't just have to do with like the immediate raising of my children. Because really that's like, basically if I scroll Facebook, it's article after article that kind of uh, speaks to where I am currently, validates it. It's either like a funny blog post, like 10 reasons why feeding your toddlers, like, you know, living with an insane person and all of those, <laughs> they're funny. It's funny. I yeah. write stuff like that sometimes and I love to read stuff like that. But it, there is a point at which all everything I was reading and encountering online was only validating where I you was were. currently. And yep. it started to feel like icky in a way. Like I was like tired you start, of you it. Just start- do you get tired of yourself? Yes, I'm tired of myself. And because I'm a writer as well, then I just yeah. felt like I don't even I don't want to write that stuff because I don't want to read it. But right. on the other hand, I mean, when it's well done, it is definitely a part of who I am right now. So right. does that make sense? So that's kind of oh, where absolutely. this came from. So that's kind of um, and so here's just a couple of things that I did. The first thing um, that I did was start getting the Sunday newspaper again, um, which has been really fun. So we moved to Southern California like nine months ago, and so we are getting the LA Times on Sundays. And when my husband and I first got together, we lived in Chicago, and we read the Tribune almost every day, but especially on the weekends. And um, you know, he would do the crossword and I would read like the arts and the books and, you know, it just like made me feel like a grown up, quite honestly, like mm. in my twenties. And then of course, like with kids and, and news moving online, there's no reason to need a newspaper, but it has been really fun to look forward to the newspaper every Sunday. And what I find is I don't read the whole thing. Of course, I end up recycling parts that I never looked at, but what I do read is totally different from anything that I would encounter in my social media because nobody would be sharing that stuff because nobody would be sharing it and it doesn't have to be it becomes an echo chamber like you said exactly exactly um so it and it's not all been hard news I I mean I'm still not the best I still get much of my international news and like you know whatever people are fired up about on Facebook so I'm not like I haven't turned into like a super literate you know um current events person but I might like read an article about like a play or a book that I had no idea about um I've really been kind of eating up local news because this is a new town for us so like that's the other thing about Facebook is nothing's local I mean if you're local friends but um there's it's hard to like everything is sort of generically, there's not a lot that's geographically local. Um, And you, I mean, I think you'll probably, you can speak to this because you're pretty rooted in your town. Your kids, you've been there a while. Your kids have been at school there. I'm just so new here that I'm like, I actually kind of find myself liking like local news, you know, and sometimes local news, whether it's the newspaper or the TV news, it's often like poorly written or poorly done and it's cheesy, but I, I kind of find myself liking it anyway, because I'm new here and it's like, it's all new news to me. So the newspaper and like watching a little local news, um, and, and seeking out, um, like more my state and my town, um, has been really kind of a nice, uh, breath of fresh air as compared to, like you said, the echo chamber of all these articles that are just about my life, basically. Does that make sense? I feel like I talked for a really long time. Well, that's, it was all interesting or I would have interrupted you. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, no, I, I totally agree to the local thing. I mean, I've lived in this town for going on seven years, maybe Mm -hmm. I think going on seven, I don't even know. I'm losing track, but about, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm no longer a newbie, a newbie, but because I was sort of holed up with little kids at home Mm -hmm. for so long, I'm now just sort of starting to come out where people actually, I'm not just the phantom mom who (laughs) people know of, but have never seen. And so, um, I get that too. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career? Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You know, one of my favorite Facebook, I don't even know how I wound up following this Facebook page or group, I guess, is like this local food reviews group. Oh, cool. And I love it because, first of all, it can be hilarious because people will like um, review the local Dairy Queen uh, <laughs> or like when uh, Wendy's came out with ghost pepper chili fries or something, uh-huh. people were doing reviews of it, which I thought was hysterical and very quaint um, because we don't have that many restaurants, frankly. Right, right. It's a lot of rehashing of the same stuff, but it's just, it's interesting. It's like, pe- those are the people that live in my town and right. doing community theater uh, has also made me more connected with people in my town because those are the people that I see if I'm in a right. show right. and then I come out, I see people in the audience and those are like my real people. They, yeah. These are the people that live in my neighborhood to Yeah. Uh, quote a Sesame Street song from way back in the day. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, so it's been a completely like just getting out in that way has been a completely uh-huh. and it's made me appreciate that local stuff like you said more. Yeah. Um, I have also noticed that, you know, and this isn't any secret. I mean, this is just how Facebook's algorithm works. The more you interact with a certain page, the more uh-huh. that you'll see that page. So yeah. if there's something that's valuable to you, click those links. Like if you yep. want to read New York Times, click a few New York Times yes. links. I promise you then you will get tickets sick of it because all you'll see yeah. in your feed is yeah. is New York Times. But that's I mean, true. just anything that you think that you're into, click those articles that are um, longer form that people are right. talking about and read them. Right. And uh, you know, you mentioned the, the echo chamber, or we both did. And I think one thing that can be really difficult now with social media, I think it's double-sided, right? I think 10 years ago, the news decided what we were going to consume and we mm-hmm. didn't get much mm-hmm. choice. So there mm-hmm. would be things like, for example, Ferguson, if that had been underreported, sure. most of us never would have known about it or Baltimore. Right. I mean, people, right. we just literally, right. it would have been a blip. Right. But now things can also take over our feeds and give it this false sense of importance in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I need to be um, equally outraged, interested um, you know, passionate, opinionated about like everything that the people in my feed are passionate, interested, opinionated about whatever. And sometimes I just, there's not room in my life for every single topic. And And you forget, you forget that it's not representative of, uh, what, what like real news is out there. Like my husband and I will sometimes compare notes at the end of the day. So he's a huge sports fan. He also, he follows politics and is interested in politics. And he, so we have pretty different, you know, interest and he yeah. uses Twitter more as a he doesn't he never posts but he does use it to kind of follow certain things and so like sometimes at the end of the day he'll be like did you see this or did this come up in your feed and I'd be like I have no idea what you're talking about you know because yes. like our we've just like you said these algorithms and this sort of self-selection which started out as a good thing like yeah I want to know more about this right, right. I but then it like you forget and the new going back to the like the old fashioned newspaper has been I really liked that part of it because someone else has decided editorially right. what to put in front of me that right. week, whether I like it or not. And um, it's been fun. You know, my kids are at an age where they're starting to read. They're interested in so many things. It's like that really fun age where like they don't think stuff is boring yet. Like right. they don't think anything's boring if we pre- present it in the right way. Um, so the, that's been another fun thing about the newspaper is that. Um, we just come across things or I read articles about something that never would have crossed my feet and I wouldn't have really like sought out. So it's just felt yeah. like a positive sort of like enriching thing. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really cool. And it's funny that you mentioned you and your husband doing that because John and I, if we, <laughs> we never read the same stuff. If he brings yeah. something up and I've seen it, I'm surprised. Yeah. Or if I, you know, if I bring something up and he's like, oh yeah, that's interesting to me, then I'm actually like kind of proud of myself. Like, wow. Right, right. Um, but it's so funny, like a couple weeks ago, there was, or maybe last week, I don't know, I'm losing track of the days, there was the last episode of Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Or is it the last? Yeah. I don't even no, know. No, I think, but something, something, something extreme something happened. Something big happened. So, yeah. And I like chimed in on a couple of people's posts who said, I didn't, I literally did not know that show was still on. And I was like, I didn't either. And so then the next day, a bunch of people posted, you know, kind of like annoyed, like, I just don't believe that people didn't know The Greatest Anatomy is still on. I think that's your way of saying you're better than me because I watch it and you don't. And I said, no, I sincerely, (laughs) I sincerely had no idea. I don't care who watches Grey's Anatomy. I never did watch it. So it's not like I feel like I'm over it. I was was never in it to begin with. But I said, honest to God, just like Survivor is still on, The Simpsons is still on. Right. 
I had no idea. And so somebody, you know, there was this long discussion about it. And someone's like, but even if you're not into that show, like, you know, she said that I follow, I keep seeing it come up with like the Hollywood Reporter and Parade and people. And I said, but I don't follow any of those. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I could literally be living yeah. in a completely different news world yeah. than the people that I'm right up against. It's so yeah. bizarre. And yeah. again, like not, I've definitely had my share of, you know, guilty pleasure TV shows. So it's not a judgment sure. thing at all. And I did watch ER for a long time and, and I sometimes mix the two shows up, I think as well. Like I keep thinking, didn't that show end a whole, you know, like a like decade a, ago, but I think yeah. that was actually ER. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just so funny to me that we can have such vastly different experiences. Yes. Um, so, but to, okay. So that also brings me to what I was going to talk about next, which is, yeah. you know, adding in, and this is going to sound really corny, but adding in better media, I'm watching more TV lately. And I had completely stopped watching TV. We only have one television in okay. our house. It's in the you know, central area of the house, and the kids usually get to it first. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, if I had to choose, I would usually choose to just hole up in my room or on, in my office or whatever and stay online. Right. And what I realized is I already do enough of that. So yeah. John and I actually made a conscious decision to start watching TV together because uh-huh. a there's a lot of really good programming. So good. You and I like had a 30 minute discussion about TV. I think it was on the lap was on the home hour, but okay. Um, <laughs> I guess we yeah. we don't have to rehash yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, but, no, but we there's made so yeah. much good TV. On. There's I agree. so much good. That's TV. why I don't go to movies because I don't right. need movies anymore. So TV's it so sounds funny in the day where ever, people are kind of snobby about TV, and you know, and we probably discussed that too. I'm starting to repeat myself. Like, no, no, we mostly talked about what shows we're watching. That's right. You and I have a lot of. Uh, common common shows common shows but when we really made an effort to start doing that together and like that was one of the things that we wanted to do i i felt so, like i'd feel so much better at the end of a great episode of sherlock or true yeah. detective or house of cards or whatever and think gosh that was stimulating and wow i know something i didn't know before about something and i watched someone really great at their craft yeah it was a completely different feeling than i just watched two people bicker about whether or not you should recline your seat on an airplane on facebook right. for the last hour right. which i've also done so, yes you know it's just like that it's the difference between what feeds you and what doesn't and what right you know and for another person tv could be the mindless guilty pleasure i mean exactly. there's a lot of stuff that you can have on in the background and stuff that you get sucked into, even though, you know, like this is such a waste of time. And so for someone else, that icky feeling could be related to what they're watching on TV and, and maybe reading online would actually be enriching. So it's like, it's kind of like figuring out what, what's become mindless time suck and what to replace it with that even maybe even it's just the novelty, like maybe, you know, just changing up the media is enough to like break that cycle. Even if you're replacing crap with crap of a different, (laughs) of a different color. Um, Yeah. I totally agree on TV. uh, We talked a little bit about um, clicking around things on Facebook to get, to get your algorithm the way you want it to Mm kind of curate your Facebook experience. But when I, when I um, did my big, my big Twitter scorched earth sweep. Mm-hmm. I did go back through and very specifically followed like the BBC. I followed McSweeney's, which mm-hmm. do you ever read McSweeney's? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I mean, funny. when I click on something, it's so funny. It's yes, so, funny. so funny and so smart. And the onion yes. and just stuff that I knew yes. I wanted to see, but was getting lost. So yes. that's another way to do that. You know, just follow and, it. And Facebook, follow not it. to get too technical, but they do have interest lists, which, um, I have used a little bit and it is a good way to group like Twitter's lists. Um, so that then you do, you truly don't miss something that has been not shown up or buried in your feed if you create an interest list. So I have one for blogs and bloggers that are really inspiring for me. And I have another for local pages. When I first moved here, I just liked everything, the local newspaper, the local fire department, you know, like, so that is another way to curate a little bit on Facebook is to use those interest lists. I don't know. For me, it's like, then you're still on Facebook. You still get distracted by the shiny right. object. It's, it's kind but of it's like, you gotta be careful, better. but it's a little bit yeah, better. It yeah. is a little bit better. Um, so, okay. So I want to talk about one of the, okay. I have one other tip and then I want you to talk a little bit about, um, both music and podcasts because you're really good. I feel like about seeking out new music and really enjoying the music you listen to. And then also we both love podcasts, but before that real quick, um, I, my other tip is to kind of introduce or sign up for some email lists or some uh, media that's outside your life entirely. So I'll give you a couple examples. I am on Instagram a lot and I love Instagram, but most of the things I'm seeing are other people's kids. Like I post pictures of my kids. Um, And I, and that's okay because they're either people, people I know really well, I'm personally friends with, or they're people I've connected to. And like, we're just sharing this time in our life. 
But I've started purposely following Instagram accounts of things that are a little outside of my everyday life, some Mm -hmm. design and home ones that are just beautiful things to look at. So either like they're either put out by a magazine or like a design blog or something that I just wouldn't have sought out before because that's not typically my first thought. Um, And then also, you know, I have a ballet background and I was a dancer for years. And so somehow I like started following one ballet company who then like tags their actual ballerinas and the dancers and the directors and the choreographers. And I now follow all of these ballet accounts, either personal accounts or, you know, brand accounts. And so I get the most like stunning photos and videos of something that was once, you know, a really important part of my life. That's just beautiful in my Instagram feed. And it's been like, I get so happy when I see like a little video clip of Swan Lake or something in my Instagram feed. So I think finding those things that are, that you love, but maybe haven't connected with for a long time or that you aspire to in the future, like, and, and just following those accounts or signing up, I've started signing up for email lists more and not for like, no offense, Huffington Post, but I don't need the Daily Digest of right. HuffPo parents. You already, see, already it. see it. And yeah. I, for a while, I was kind of doing that. And now I'm unsubscribing from those and subscribing to things that I'm not seeing enough of. Like there's a couple like parenting writers that I really love, but that's not stuff that's being like thrown at you all the time. Right. Um, and people doing really good email, um, you know, email communications with their subscribers or just beautiful, like, like beautiful visuals. So that's a, that's, that was my other tip is to find the things that you're not seeing enough of and seek them out and, and, and put them in the feeds that you're already going to. So if you are already on Facebook, then just like you said, it kind of goes back to the same thing you said, start clicking or engaging with the things you want to see more of, or just go or go the extra step, go to their website and sign up for their email list so that it really is, you're, you're teaching things to come to you that you want and little by little weeding out what you don't, I guess. It's so easy to get stuck in this rut where all you think about, read about, talk about, mm-hmm is parenting yeah. and your kids and what's right in front of you. Yeah. And you forget about the stuff that used to be important to you. Yeah. And you, don't, you, for, you don't forget you about it. You just aren't engaging in it. Like, you're not engaging in it in the same way. Yes, exactly. But you, I feel like you are really good at that, but maybe it's because I'm watching you farther ahead. Well, and I'm, you know, this has been a long process. I mean, yeah. and, and, and even just to another example, this isn't quite the same. It's not like online media. Um, I might've talked about this in another show actually, but I've, Actually, I think I talked about this with Karen Walrand in that episode that you probably listened to. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you if you're Yeah, ready. okay. So you know that I love theater. Uh-huh. And yes. I used to go see a ton of theater. And yes. I've lived in this town for seven years and just started going to see local theater last year. Uh-huh. I would Every time I went on a trip, I'd go see a show. Every right. time I went to New York, I'd see something on Broadway. Every time, you know, my husband and my sister and her boyfriend and I'd take this big trip every year to the Stratford um, Theater Festival, Shakespeare Festival in Ontario, and we'd go see, like, show after show after show. It's fantastic. But I'd be sitting here in my own town with a theater right. with really, you know, good stuff really reasonably priced tickets right down the road. And I never went because it was too much. Like I couldn't break out of that's not my normal routine. So I'd be like, my normal routine is I work all day and then I pick my kids up and then I, they come home and I make dinner and then, you know, maybe I hang out with my husband for a little while and then I go to bed and anything that didn't fit in that, including media, including Mm -hmm. TV at the time, including Mm -hmm. music or whatever, just never made it. Um, And so that was something I really thought, this is dumb. (laughs) You know, I'm missing out on something I love because I'm just not seeing it right in front of me because I'm letting what I think my life is and what I, who I think I am get in the way. And so that's been really great. Um, And you mentioned- Yeah, that's a great- extension of some of this, if you change up the sources that are coming to you, whether it's like the newspaper or following different feeds or then you may actually end up also diversifying your experiences, right? Because yes. you're being like, you're actually hearing about the play down the street or whatever. Right. So I and love the local, that. The local media thing is great. It's great for that. Um, yeah. Whether it's a newspaper or, you know, the website of your local newspaper or whatever it is. Right. Um, but I do like the idea of getting a physical paper. Yeah. I think I cut you off. Sorry, you were going to say No, it's thing. okay. So you mentioned music. So I have yeah. to actually credit, I yeah. have to credit John for this, my husband. Um, he kind of just went on a, I tend to get in musical, like I really love music I know and have carried around with me my whole life, like a, like a little comforting blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like the stuff that I grew up with, like the seventies music my parents used to listen to. And uh, I actually, actual quote from my, from my trip I just took with two friends to Florida, um, Bob Seger is my spirit animal. It <laughs> actually came out of me at some point. So, I mean, I'm just really attached to that music. And uh-huh. if it was up to me, like if nobody ever shook me out of my, 
out of that sort of rut, I could just listen to that that stuff on a loop like yeah. all day long. Um, but my husband, John, has really gotten on a tear of listening to new music and seeking uh-huh. out really good music over like the last my year or so. My husband's good about that too. They would uh, probably have fun. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah. he creates these elaborate playlists and I've just, you know, sometimes there's a little resistance for me like, oh, I don't know that song. Or, I don't know that artist. Yeah. Do I really want to invest? But I have to say now, I mean, I know so many good songs and so many good artists I never would have thought to ever listen to better than what's on the radio. And not mm-hmm. that I listen to the radio that much anyway, because who listens to the radio anymore? I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's like when I'm in the car, I'm listening to either podcasts or I'm just not in the car long enough. Yeah. To even or Spotify. I'm, I mean, I, yeah, Spotify. Spotify. I do Spotify in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Or I've got NPR on, but I just don't yeah. often just flip through the stations the way I might have, you know, 10 years right. ago. Right. <clears throat> but um, so we've gone to a few concerts and and there's a lot of younger people at these concerts because there's mostly like more up and coming music that right. I wouldn't have known about. But it's been really, I don't want to say mind expanding. That sounds like we're on acid or something, but it's just <laughs> been really cool. Like it has been kind of mind expanding. Like, wow, there's this, yeah. all this great and music out there. It's creativity. It's just yeah. like watching the good actors on TV and you're, exactly. you're, um, so when do you, this is kind of a dumb question, but like, when do you listen, do you put music on at home when you're working or when you're making dinner? Like, here's one thing I feel like I, I also don't, I'm not adventurous in music, but I sometimes even forget to put music on. And when I do, it's totally a mood boost. And we're going, if we're going back to this, like mindlessness, it's something mindful to do to have an input source. It's right. not some of these other negative ones. So I'm curious, like when, like when I just sometimes forget that putting on um, music is an option. Yeah. I was exactly the same way for a long time. Now, I will say that I can't always work and listen to music at the same time. Depends mm-hmm. on what I'm I don't, working on. I, don't I, I can't really write heavy stuff and have you know music playing at the same time. That said, there's almost no other time of day that I couldn't and wouldn't be enhanced by having music right. on. So right. I love Spotify and having playlists. Um, yes really helps with that because you don't have to think about it so hard. Yes. And uh, do you use, like, I use the ones that are already made. Like, I don't even make my own playlist because I, because I feel like other people, people know have done music really even well. better than I yeah. do. So like, I do that or, even, or make a, yeah. a radio station. If you really like a song, yeah. just, you know, mm-hmm. start like play radio. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not on Spotify, we should definitely link that up in the show notes because yes. it's, I love it. It's, I know there's other, there's other services out there, but I feel like this one is easy to use. It's super intuitive. It's mm-hmm. easy to share music. Yeah. And everything is on it. Everything's on there. I agree. I mean, we used used free Pandora for a long time and I was resistant to paying for anything because, because I'm not a big music consumer, but, um, the kids stuff actually put me is what kind of sold me. They have some audio stories for kids and stuff. They have all kinds of stuff on Spotify that it's totally, for me, it's totally worth it to have the paid account now, Yeah, but it took me a long time to get there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, so, and Spotify is, has definitely changed that for us. So John has, John is the playlist master. I mean, I've got one that I made last year called breakfast making jams. It's like all seventies jam. <laughs> it took me the whole summer to create it. It's like yeah. six hours long. It's pretty much my work of art. It's my masterpiece. Awesome. I don't feel like I need to make any new playlists now. Um, I've done my work and I've shared it with everybody who would enjoy it. And there you go. There's my contribution to the world. Um, nice. But John has this really long one that he just kind of keeps adding to. And then he very carefully decides from that master playlist mm-hmm. like which of his sub playlists he's going to share me he's very he's very specific about it I'm not that specific I just listen to all his playlists yeah <laughs> so yeah I just sometimes I'll just get up and you know I'll if I think about it we've got our bows right on the kitchen counter mm-hmm. um and we made it really easy to connect to it so it's if I look at it and think oh I'd really like to listen to some music right now I've yep. also got Spotify on my test on my desktop mm-hmm. so that if I don't feel like getting up and fiddling with bluetooth mm-hmm. or whatever um I can just turn it on yeah. It's a habit, right? It's just yep. adding it and doing it again and again like anything else. I love that. So, I love that what you said about finding the new artists too because yeah. that is – it's hard to do um, if you're in your – I like the radio team. feature for that. I found that mm-hmm. – I really found some good stuff just by mm-hmm. falling down that rabbit hole. Um, stuff I just – how do you not – it's so funny that there's so many good artists out there that you n- literally would mm-hmm. never hear on the radio. <laughs> and the other thing I think can be fun with music, like if we're talking about this kind of like feeding yourself good stuff, is listening to a genre that you maybe haven't listened to in a long time, yeah. I, you know, or that is part of your – and you're – again, you're probably just better about this naturally than I am, but like I just went like – 
recently, like pulled all the Indigo Girls, all the Ani DeFranco, all the Patty Griffin of my teenage and put it into, I didn't even really curate very well, but I just was like, I don't even necessarily identify or love that music right now in my life. And there's some of it that I just plain wouldn't listen to again, but it was like so from a bygone era and it made me so happy to hear songs that I loved when I was 16. You know what I mean? So that's like, again, like changing up what's just automatic. So if some part of music has become automatic, then either finding new artists or going way back, like right. throwback style. I love and, doing that. Yeah. Cause it, you know, music's powerful that way. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes, um, I think sometimes it's, it's stuff like for me, nineties country, mm-hmm. which I just would never run into again. Right. It's, there's no mechanism by which <laughs> right. I'm going to accidentally hear this song by, you know, Clay Walker right. or whoever I was right. really into in the nineties, but you're so right. It does take you right back, right? It takes you yeah. right back to that place. And it's, it's really fun and really cool. Yeah. I, agree. I feel like, I feel like we should wrap up by talking about podcasts. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yes, let's do. I know. Okay. I kind of saved it. I kind of saved it. Well, oh, you're good, the good podcast. You're, you're the, uh, I mean, you single-handedly definitely got me into listening to podcasts. Um, but what are you listening to lately or how do you use podcasts to, okay. So let's, let's assume that we have the same echo chamber idea where you can yeah. get in a habit of filling your brain with the same kind of media. How, how have podcasts, how do you use podcasts to not do that? Cause you okay. could use podcasts just to do that. Listen to Absolutely. the same. Well, I find that I get, okay. So first of all, I have to, I have to say that I think you're actually a little bit better about this than me because I think you've incorporated podcasts into your family's life in a way that I, I haven't yet. And I don't, I have, really. I'm not exactly sure why that is, except that I think I've been in such a business mindset for the last year or two that I've mm-hmm. tried to listen mostly either to podcasts that tell me how to do podcasting better <laughs> or um, podcasts that are about things that I'm already talking about so I can kind of see what's out there. And so I right. switch on and off. Like I don't keep, I'll subscribe to stuff and then I'll listen to it for a while and then I'll just switch it all up and listen to completely new stuff. Right. Um, so right. And also I go in phases and this is something maybe you can identify with where for a while I just listen to podcasts and for a while I just listen to music. And I don't mm-hmm. always switch back and forth really well. So right now I'm definitely in a music listening podcast creating phase. Okay. Whereas when I was more not really creating as many podcasts, I was listening to more of them. I don't right. know if that I right. just burned out because I was already talking so much. Right. You know. Right. Um. So talk talk about yours. Actually, I want. I think the ones yeah. I listen to wouldn't interest you know the typical person as much. Maybe, but um. Okay. A typical well, person, but you know I, what I mean? Someone who's I not interested like, from a business Okay, well, perspective. here's one. If anybody's been under a rock and didn't listen to Serial, I did, last time you and I talked about this, I had not listened to Serial. Okay. I did just start listening to Serial. For those of you who maybe don't know, um, it was put out by This American Life on NPR, and it's sort of a, a true... Uh, crime drama that unfolds as you listen for six, 12 episodes, I think. Um, but it was wildly popular what, a couple months ago and I yes. hadn't listened. Um, that one's been a fun one for me recently um, because we just joined a gym, which is a totally different story, but I do have treadmill time now. And so part of my problem with listening to podcasts is someone interrupts me literally every 45 seconds. So it yeah, can be tough. frustrating. Um, and so I tend to listen in the car when I only have the two-year-old, but even she requests like the Olaf song now, you know, so I really <laughs> very little like auditory media time that is truly mine. But, um, now I have gym time and so cereal has been good. And then, yeah, I will mention that we have been listening to a couple podcasts with the kids. Um, I talked about brains on in our first episode of this show, which is a science podcast for kids. That's awesome. Um, and then, um, we just found this one for Harry Potter fans because the big kids are listening to or are reading. We're reading aloud Harry Potter to them. And there is this awesome podcast called Potter and Daughter, um, which is like basically they go through kind of book club style and it's a guy and his seven-year-old daughter and they go kind of chapter by chapter and just discuss the book. So we only listen along with what we've read so far. Otherwise it would be, there would be spoilers for sure. Um, but they love it and it's great. I mean, it's great. It's kind of teaching them to like, think about what you've read and talk about it. And the, the girl on it is only seven. She's so cute. And, it, but her dad's very good. The, the adult is, is a, an experienced, I don't know, media person of some kind. He's good at like moving the discussion forward. I can't uh-huh. imagine recording with my seven-year-old. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that's, that's, I don't have as much, uh, like solo listening time. So yeah, I feel like true. it's almost sometimes I wish I had more. I'm right. loving you and Jessica's right at home moms because oh, that good. they're like 18 minutes long. So that's like almost easier 
for me. Um, but yeah, I've kind of gone in and out of podcasts and I don't even know if I'm, if it's one of the media that is like, that I'm using to the fullest right now. Does that make I'm, sense? I'm definitely yeah. not. And I think for part of it is because there just aren't enough shows yet Yeah. in this niche that, you know, in this, about what I want to listen to. Right. So I kind of just automatically end up falling into listening to business ones because there's really good business ones. So right. if anyone's interested, you know, um, Smart Passive Income is one that I love. If you're in, if you want to know more about running a business online, you can always listen to the Right at Home Moms with Jessica and I, which is at lifelistened.com. Right. And there's a few other ones that are pretty good in, in that in that niche. Um, America's Test Kitchen is one that I just go back to again and again. It's so well done. It's put out by um, Public Radio International, mm-hmm. and it's um, and I, I think it's a spinoff from a show on PBS. Mm-hmm. But this is the people, the the main yeah. players from that show do a podcast, a weekly podcast. It's really well done. It's really well produced. Good storytelling, but lots of questions. And it's kind of like a mixture between a really good food-related story and then like food-related Q&A. Right. Um, and some wine reviews and fun stuff like that. I'm going through my list right now to see what else I've been listening to lately. Oh, there's a fun one called Spilled Milk, which I like a lot. Oh, and nice. it's just this guy and this girl who talk about food. That's all. Oh, nice. They make something fun and then they... Well, as you're talking too, I'm realizing that there's so many people who, for whom podcast is a totally brand new genre and you and I have probably searched, we've just been listening a little bit longer and maybe have run out of some of the new shows. But if you're listening to this and you are new to podcasts and you're looking to change up the media that's going into you, don't, I mean, definitely do searches. Megan, you taught me to do a search for Rather than search for a show topic, search for a guest. Wasn't that yes. one of your tips yeah. one time? Search so for the name of someone you're interested in. Yeah, whether it's like a celebrity or a chef or like a, an author. And then often their name will pop up on different um, different podcasts. Yeah, any show they've been a guest on that mentioned them, they'll right. come up. That's um, a really good way to podcast hop. Yes. So, yeah. So I think um, that may be part of this too, is there are people for whom starting to listen to podcasts would actually be a great alternative to some other kind of mindless media that's not adding a lot of value. So I think you and I probably are just have already been doing it for a little while. So yeah, we kind of already know it's what's out not, there. <laughs> not as exciting. Anyway. So we just covered a lot of media yeah. in our, in our media Yes. <laughs> which I yes. hope everyone will consider this to be um, quality media that they will tune into. Yes. Again and again, I did want to mention one thing I thought of before and then forgot when we got to talking is that um, I know Gretchen Rubin, I'm sure most people have heard of her, has a theory about some people being abstainers and some people being moderators. And I think you and I, based on our conversation, Sarah, are both moderators. Like Mm -hmm. if I want to change a behavior, I change it in small ways and Mm -hmm. I add something new and I take something away and I just kind of adjust and adjust until it feels right for me. But her point is that some people just need to just give it up already. And cold so if, if, if that's right, I had turkey, forgotten that about if cold her. turkey is the way that, uh, that you have to do it to, you know, get off of the Facebooks for a while or right. if you need to leave your phone at home every time you go to the grocery store, cause right. you can't stay off of it or whatever it is, right. that's totally okay too. And I think you have to just know yourself and do what's right for you. Definitely. Um, I don't know if you read all of Hands Free Mama of Rachel Macy yes. Evans. Am I going to mess up her name? You know, okay. You know, Rachel Macy Stafford, yes. right? Yep, okay. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, Rachel. Um, and Hands Free Mama. And I didn't read that whole book, but that is another, um, if you really feel like it's gotten to the point of a really negative cycle, um, I think that book is really inspiring because it may make you want to go cold turkey a little bit. Um, <laughs> but just for, just from like, the getting to the root of why we're kind of constantly distracted and a little bit more into really kind of looking at yourself and, and your priorities. I think, um, I would recommend that book. I did not read it cover to cover, but I do feel like it's, um, she's been very influential in talking about that, especially moms of young kids who are just sort of, we've gotten so used to being distracted that we seek out distraction, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And getting into that negative. And I think she's also very reasonable about you know, different approaches working for different people. She's sure, actually definitely. on an episode of the Home Hour. Yeah. We should link to that in the yeah. show notes because it was a great interview and yep. um, she's definitely. great. So, and her stuff is always really well done. So Absolutely. So, awesome. gosh, I guess we should wrap up since it's been an hour. Um, yeah. Wow, this really flew. So, again, we have to say thank you so much to our sponsors for May and June. Kimberly Clark with the Celebrate Family Values um, campaign, which is going to be launching both you know, on the, on the podcast and on the happiest over the next couple of months, you can also go to pick up If you want to check out more about that. And we'll be talking more in depth about some of that stuff during the next episode, which will be yep. coming up in a week. 
Yep, two weeks, right? Oh, two two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, I have no idea. I don't even know where I am anymore. It's been a crazy. But everything night. is at themomhour.com. So yes. our first three shows, and also a link to subscribe, which we would love if you do. Please subscribe. And this it is really a brand new us. show. So if you don't know how iTunes and Stitcher work, if you do leave a rating or review. It not just makes us feel good, but it also helps other people find us when yes. they're searching and that around. Right so. now helps so much because we're in this early phase where we're really trying right. to get momentum going and get more readers right. listeners. Yeah. So and if you and if you want to just drop us a line, you can always go to the Mom Hour and leave a comment on one of the posts yep. or toss us an email at hello at themomhour.com. We would love it. We would love it so much. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Sarah, for being on the show, and we'll talk to everybody in a couple of weeks. It was great. Talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code themomhour20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code themomhour20 to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.